Welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff coming at you live from the AB Tech Studios in Ashland. Asheville? Ash. I don't know where we are. Oh, Candler, North Carolina. But it's, uh, it's housed at AB Tech, Asheville Buncombe Technical Community College. I always screw up the intro. I think it's important that I do that now because it's part of the... It's tradition. Myst- yeah, it's mystique now because it's just a mouthful uh, anyway. But here with me today is Johnny Knowles. You are the brewer, distiller, jack of all trades, master of none at Rynot Brew Stillery. I think that's an excellent description. That that that's perfect. <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. All right. Well, there's especially, our podcast, <laughs> especially the end, the master of none. Uh, no, but you wear a lot of hats at the facility. You were hired. Uh, you were part of the graduating class of 2019. Correct. Uh, so going back a few years now, it being currently 2022, I think. Yeah, possibly. I don't so, know. I've, everyone's lost sense of time. No, Who knows? Well, after the. Panda. Anyway, uh, you were hired on there to brew beer and make booze, and you have done that very well since you've kind of graduated, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, the owner of Rynot has actually been on your podcast, uh, Bob Byron. He was in my class here at AB Tech, so that's how we we met. And um, Let's see, this would have been very early pre-pandemic in 2020. Uh, Bob and I reconnected, had some chats about uh, coming on and helping him. And then pandemic threw everything into whack and reconnected with him in towards the end of 2020 and came on in a part-time capacity helping him and just sort of transitioned into uh, within a short period of time working full-time for him. What I did want to talk about is how you found out about the program. Because oh, it, yeah. th- this is an amazing uh, story. So I was actually thinking about whether or not that would come up because it's one of those stories that's sort of indicative of of Asheville for a lot of people of Asheville being like the biggest little town in the South or something yeah. where it's a small town. So circles are small, social circles, interact business circles. And so... I've had a number of experiences like this since I moved to Asheville in the late 90s of just things sort of falling into place. And that's kind of how how I became aware of the brewing program here. I had gone through AB Tech uh, years and years before coming to the brewing program. And so I still got the AB Tech flyers and in a very peripheral way was aware that AB Tech had a brewing program. Hadn't really thought much of it. And then uh, I was working uh, for an EMS service and we had happened to come on a call to the AB Tech campus. And that's well, when I... Our campus, I, yeah. had, I had a student, um, had a, a medical problem. It was a it was scary time, certainly in class. They, they had a seizure. And uh, you, you were one of the EMTs that showed up uh, responding to the call. And amazing, you guys all jumped into... It was like watching superheroes, really. You guys jumped into place, help, help, the, help the student. And then you were like, wait, show me more. <laughs> and so yeah. I took you on a tour... You did. So a uh, student ended up being fine, didn't end up yeah. transporting him, but there was a time period where we were sort of hanging out, making sure, he was continuing okay. to yeah. assess, making everything. And and it's sort of an awkward period of time. And so we just were making small talk yep. uh, about <laughs> the program. 
And uh, awkward does not describe that time. It really doesn't. Yeah. And so uh, you being a very interesting, charismatic person, we engaged in conversation. You sort of piqued my interest. $20 for you. Yes, you've made, you've earned your $20 that I paid you. (laughs) And um, I dabbled in in homebrewing before that. I mean, being in Asheville, you can't, you really can't not if you drink beer at all. And it really intrigued me. Uh, And so things sort of conspired where later I was looking for a different career path and choosing some different options. And really, it really was you. Uh, It was your, your interest in your engagement and interest in my interest was like, wow, this person really likes the program, really likes what they do. Um, and you gave me a tour. And so I came back and had some conversations, less talking about what exactly the program does and more getting some career advice. Like where, if I go through this program, what are my options on the other side of it? Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's exactly. We, what I we, asked you. Yeah. yeah. I, so I came back and had some a great conversation and you, you spent a lot of time talked all about the program and sort of different career options and what you can be when you grow up after going through this program. And it was that along with really sort of the business aspects of it that the program offered. So in addition to having technical skills to be able to get hired by some another company in the industry, there was a lot of uh, how to create your own opportunities through what you can learn in this program, which I thought was incredibly appropriate for the Asheville area, um, a very, very entrepreneurial uh, area of of the country. And that's the combination of those two things of having hard skills that could uh, offer me employment opportunities, different career paths, as well as you know, having really no business experience, no idea how to start a small business coming into the program, that aspect of it uh, appealed to me. And you you 100% fulfilled those in the program. Uh, so anyone who's listening to this, I don't know why you would listen to me ramble, but <laughs> if you're listening to this and you have any interest in getting into uh, beverage manufacturing, uh, fermentation sciences, small business opportunities in those fields, this is a fantastic program for it. And it was also, you know, a huge selling point was having uh, our wonderful friend, John Light in the program, moving to Asheville in the late 90s, and sort of becoming an adult in in Asheville and starting get, to get interested in drinking alcoholic beverage, drinking beer, sort of one of the one of the uh, craft breweries that formed my palate and my early interest in craft beer was Highland Brewing. Yeah, um, those Highland beers were what got me interested in craft brewing. From you know people in those or the early two thousands or who are home brewers knew like you wanted to grab those Highland bottles. They had the, they, they you know, everything from their labels to the beer in them uh, appealed to, to home brewers. And so I drank a lot of Highland beer <laughs> and getting to come to a program that had uh, the mastermind behind the beer in those days. Yeah. Like it's full circle. It really you know, is. It really created a full circle experience for me of like, oh, if you want to, learn how to make what you were drinking back then. I had that opportunity and I learned how to do it. It was well, great. It, we, we're very lucky. Don't tell him I said this and he he won't listen to this anyway, but we're very lucky to have him here. And I bribed you with a cocktail. 
Um, I, I poured you a Negroni. It's like some sort of kismet that you showed up today. <laughs> And, and, and we were able to record this podcast, but uh, your insight, it, it, thank you. You know, we, we work really hard to keep uh, the program relevant. And certainly since you've graduated, I want to fill you in what, on what we've evolved to. Because when you graduated, really hard seltzers weren't a thing. And now they 100% are. So we've certainly added that to the curriculum. We've introduced uh, distillation to the program much earlier. So you actually experience um, the process of distillation in your first and second semester, as opposed to a little bit later that you experienced, just because we see a diversification in students being interested in, we're getting a, a, a bigger swath of society. And, you know, most of the people that are coming here are like, oh, I want to be a brewer. I want to, I want to work in a brewery at first. And we're seeing now people like, I want to distill. I want to start my own small distillery. So we've diversified what we trained here to do. You have taken all of the stuff that we've tried to teach you <laughs> and applied all of it because you're working in a place that not only distills, but makes beer mm -hmm. in-house. I mean, you, you're doing it all, really. You're, you're uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek, jack-of-all-trades, really. But you're really kind of starting to master the craft at that point and putting your own spin on all sorts of things. That strawberry lime goza that you brought me was phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Great beer. Super well-balanced. Uh, I know that I can't take it home to do... My wife would drink it all. <laughs> my wife's the same way no and i can't i, I wouldn't bring uh, it home because she'd be all over me and i i candy stores closed <laughs> <laughs> so so it's one of those things where um you've applied what you've done and and, and and thank you for for saying all the kind words it's not that i was bribing you with booze but uh the, the program really is about us getting free booze and you're a perfect example because you brought booze to us today well those for anyone who's listening these are not empty platitudes um <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's all true. And, and for anyone who might be listening to this thinking about, I'm interested in, in, in a career in distillation or beverage manufacturing or just uh, craft uh, beverages, um, I would say there, there's really sort of, uh, if and if you're looking at a program to learn from, in general, I kind of see it as there's, there's sort of two career paths. Um, you go through your program and you end up working for a smaller business or a larger business. If you're looking at somewhere uh, that's on the bigger end of the spectrum, uh, this program can offer you the skills uh, to, to work there in a specialized capacity, meaning it, it, the bigger you get, the more specialized your job yeah, is going to be. Yeah. So at a big place, uh, you know, this program will offer you the skills to get an entry-level job uh, in the lab. If you want to be a, a quality assurance, quality control technician, you can do that. If you want to uh, become a brewer and just brew, or if you want to be just a seller person at a winery, uh, you can do that. But being a community college... Uh, in addition to this program, there's lots of other classes you can take. So if you're looking to move into start your own business or work for a smaller business uh, like somewhere like Rhinot, where I work now, you're going to have to wear all those hats. It requires uh, a much more diverse set of skills because it's smaller. So you do have to wear all those hats. You do. You, you really do. You know, you, you need to know a little bit about marketing. You need to know a little, about, little bit about label approvals. You need to know a little bit about barrel aging. You need to know a little bit about uh, brewing. And, and this program, because of, and again, not empty platitudes, but because of your endless effort at uh, continually updating the program and offering more and more for students, 
This is a program that is up to date and offering things that are relevant to the continually changing beverage market. Just like the hard seltzer example, like that wasn't something that was, it was on the precipice of becoming big when we were in class, but, 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 but it was, but, in, yeah. the, it was in the, 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 not even the infancy, infancy stage. It was in the, the zygote stage. No, it really was. And, Cause, cause when you guys graduated, it was, Hey, where do you see the market going? Maybe two or three people in your cohort would be like, you know, I've had some of these seltzers and I, and I think that that could be a thing. And I was like, meh, come on. And I don't want to like them. I don't, I don't want to like them, but there are a couple out there that are dynamite that mm-hmm. are super refreshing, super well done, super balanced. And so I was like, well, this is as people diversify what they're putting on tap, this is something that we have to put as the evolution of the program continues. And so, first of all, I haven't paid you to say any of this. Because <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> but I will. Hell yes. Uh, I mean, hell for it. Yes, I will pay you for it. But that being said, you've been very, very successful. You've gone through, um, you know, truth be told, you screwed yourself up pretty good. You, 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 you went through... Uh, a pretty traumatic injury and uh, you've come back to to still do what you do. Well, very little of that uh, uh, is of my doing. That was all, <laughs> mostly modern medicine that did that. That's why I don't have a peg leg at the moment. But yeah. It, I, yeah. Uh, well, well, getting off track a little bit. Yes. Uh, I had the brilliant idea last spring that I'd buy uh, an e-bicycle with uh, uh, my stimulus check money. How and fast I was, like, was it? It could, uh, top speed, downhill with the maximum system. You're getting about 25 miles an hour. So not not super, no, not okay, much not cra- faster not than a, a, a road bike, really. No, but you are a motorcycle rider, too. It's not your debut not, on two uh, wheels going it's fast. It's not my debut on two wheels, but this... I do have to confess, I still own a motorcycle, but I have not gotten back on it since since the accident. But I've not met an EMT or a former EMT, excuse me, that owns a motorcycle. I really haven't. Oh, yeah. You're, so you're that, an anomaly. You're an enigma wrapped in a conundrum. I will have to say the, the EMT work did significantly change my overall perspective on motorcycle riding as well as just getting older. It is a universal truth that a 25-year-old male in the United States is going to take a lot more risks than a 40-year-old, than the, in average, no, than a 40-year-old male. 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, so, 100%. Uh, I have the combination of EMT work, having my own on-the-road uh, traumatic injury, uh, 100% truthful, I haven't even touched the motorcycle in over a year. That's fair. No, that's fair, <laughs> And though. if there's anyone listening who would like to buy a uh, Yamaha FZ1 in great condition with hard cases, just email Puff and he can be my broker because I think, I honestly think my motorcycling days are probably over. You know what? After having the bicycle accident that you have, I 100% understand. That being said, uh, just this last weekend, I got back on the e-bike and rode around with uh, a friend of mine who's having a bad week. We got back on the bikes. We rode around town. It was a tremendous amount of fun. And uh, then 
I got back on it to go. So I, I live in, in, in the city in Asheville, jumped back on the e-bike to go grab us dinner at one of the wonderful restaurants in town. And on the way back, I hadn't been on it in a year since I broke my leg and was laughing maniacally on the way back from picking up uh, dinner because it's so much fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. Which that, that I was like, I can't believe I didn't do this. Yeah. So, so I can't get rid of it. And, and the re only reason I haven't gotten back on the motorcycle is because I would know I would have the exact same reaction. You, you're going to have that. the exact and, no. I, and, and I would be like, oh yeah, I'm not getting rid of this. And I need mm. to for my own, uh, I don't, be, I don't, I don't have any life insurance. Being, I don't. Being I, a motorcycle rider myself, yeah. I would tell you that you probably shouldn't get back on your bike because you would. It's you're too much fun. No, you're hundred percent right. You're you're gonna love it too much. It, it's that that freedom and and all the other stuff that comes with it. Oh, it's 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 for anyone who's never ridden a motorcycle, it's almost like having a superpower. It, it really is. Bit, yeah, 100%. it's almost like. Do you want to know what it's like to fly? Oh, we'll go get on a motorcycle. Yeah, and get yeah. on the park. Get on the parkway when there's no traffic on there, <laughs> <laughs> and follow the speed limits. Of course, of course, we always do everything, everything. in moderation. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> to go back to the program. And the program really is about me getting free booze. And I can't thank you enough uh, for stopping by today. And I can't thank you enough for sharing your insights uh, on the program and just career projection in general, because we give you guys a piece of paper and you guys make it worth money. So I appreciate that. Well, uh, I have, I, I have, uh, somehow without necessarily advancing my status in the world, I've been to college a couple of times and this program is by far the most valuable educational experience, both in terms of finding a career that I enjoy, um, science based knowledge that, that, I, that is fun to learn and just, the the com the camaraderie of uh, your cohorts like you guys were a pretty tight knit the, group man the I don't think any of my other college experiences did I have as interesting and diverse a group of people to go through school and that sort of uh, brain trust that you're involved in the creativity the uh, just peripheral knowledge from other people's life's experiences that they're bringing to that extremely valuable. Uh, and you know, uh, you're going to meet some really interesting people and make connections. And, uh, that's an important part of any academic program is, is the, the folks and what they also go out and do in the world. And the fact that you know them and you're connected with them. So if folks want to drink what you're making, where do they go? Uh, Rhinot. So, uh, Rhinot, we are a brewery distillery restaurant on the north end of uh, Asheville, uh, right off Merriman Avenue, uh, 868 Merriman Avenue. Uh, open seven days a week. Uh, we're open uh, for dinner most of the time right now. We have 14 of our own beers on draft. Uh, we wait, 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 wait. You. <laughs> Seriously, you got we fourteen on. Uh, we have got fourteen beers on draft. Uh, a number of those are sort of what you would call flagship beers. It's hard to really establish no, something you, as a yeah. flagship when you're just yeah. So, so we are a brewery and distillery, and we uh, do not distribute. So we only sell outside of our restaurant. So if you want our beers, uh, come have dinner with us. We do have beer to go. We've got growlers. 
thanks to North Carolina, North Carolina uh, laws, we are allowed to sell bottles from the restaurant. So we have a corn whiskey, a bourbon, uh, a rye whiskey, a vodka, a gin, uh, a barrel-aged gin, a rum, and a barrel-aged rum right now. Really? Yes. So um, you're making 14 different beers and that many spirits? Well, uh, uh, we are finished. Some of those are yeah, some yeah, of those spirits that we are buying as distillates and finishing. So we're no, not we're not distilling our own vodka. Um, but but nobody, we, nobody should be. You can't you can't right. do it that cheap. That being said, that's a lot of stuff for you to do. It is a lot of stuff. But all of those, uh, I think, are, are high quality. And they, all of them are, are really geared to be paired with our food. Um, you know, that's how we really want people to experience uh, our beverage products. We have a fantastic uh, chef, uh, Ben Dunbar. He makes incredible food. Uh, we recently have started aging our own meats. Um, oh, so no, if yeah, you are there. a, so if you're oh. a carnivore, um, and, and you like uh, <sighs> aged meat. We have some fantastic aged tomahawks. Um, we do a lot of smoking. Uh, so we smoke uh, a various meats uh, as well as uh, you know, meatloaf. Truth, uh, truth be told, I've been there and it's amazing. Yeah. It, um, and like I, fat kids got a fat. Look at me. Well, I, I didn't and, get this big eaten rice cakes, let's be honest. I, I am a huge fan of mixed drinks, beer, and carbohydrates. <laughs> and you will check all of those boxes <laughs> if you come by. And being someone who sometimes struggles with uh, the best of nutrition. What, uh, you I, also I, have a crazy sweet tooth. Oh, my gosh. I, you have a crazy... You legitimately... If my dentist is listening to this, turn it off right now. <laughs> no, you have a crazy... You have self-admitted your crazy sweet tooth. Oh, yeah. It's been something that uh, my my mom never was able to beat out of me. <laughs> you know, I was literally climbing on the cabinet stealing candy no, as you're like, like a four-year-old. Eight or nine beatings away from where oh, you yeah. should be. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yes, uh, we... We have great French fries. Is where oh, that's where I was going with it. Is I, I really think we probably have some of the best French fries in town. So even if you're just looking for some carbohydrates, some salt, and a really good beer, come on by. But but that them. that uh, that sour beer you brought with me brought today that uh, strawberry lime with those French fries, a little bit of ketchup, that would be the perfect oh, pairing. And now that's where I'm headed. So I can't thank you enough, Johnny, for stopping by today. Uh, stop by anytime. Absolutely. Uh, always a great talk. Thank you, Buff. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Listen, laugh, and learn with Consuming the Craft Podcast. Thanks for Danny McConnell for McConnell Farms for sponsoring this podcast. Taste the way you remember. Thanks, Danny, for everything you've done for the program here at Asheville Buncombe Technical Community College. Thanks, Johnny. We'll talk to you real soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.